0: Hello, everyone, and welcome into the latest episode of the Spy Point Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Marsh. Today, I have the great honor of being joined by, uh, you know, another, a fellow bearded human, which is nice. We've got a run on the podcast here lately. Uh, But uh, a bearded human with some connection to some other beards that most of you probably know, Justin Martin of Duck Commander and a million other places that you've seen Justin. So excited to have him on the podcast today. Before we get going, I want to remind you all to rate, review, subscribe wherever it is that you're consuming podcasts, uh, like and comment and just let people other help uh, find the content. Certainly you're not here for me. You're here. You're here to talk to Daddy to be Justin Martin, so we'll we'll kick off with that. Uh, For those that uh, maybe don't know or haven't followed along, you got uh, not just one but a couple bundles of joy headed
1: your way here before too long, don't you? Yeah, Yeah, I mean it. um, It's it's something, you know. Uh, (laughs) It's it's this whole deal has been like such a world -world and. Um, you know for those that haven't I'll give the brief version but like we went to the doctor and there was one baby all right cool high five you know we dodged twins because everybody I always thought like twins my dad was an identical twin so like it was always in the back of my mind like this could happen you know so we went had the ultrasound everything's like oh no look one beautiful looks everything looks great okay cool and then we went to the next one. And all of a sudden there were two faces looking at me on that ultrasound machine. And I was like, wait, what? I, <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought you said there was one. Uh-huh. So uh, me and me and the doctor had, had a little talk. I told her I had some serious trust issues with her um, and her profession um and but we got through it when she told me that it was in fact like a bogo so she said it's the same price I don't care how many of them she said it only gets more expensive when they come out so I was like oh okay cool that's fine you know Uh so yeah we've got twin boys that was another thing that changed it started as one boy one girl and then apparently we had a late bloomer um and uh yeah, so now we've got twin boys that are scheduled to be here the end of October. Um, but according to them, if we can get mama to October 1st, we will make the decision then on what to do um, on, based on their, their health, mom's uh-huh. health, and, and everything um, going forward. So our, our goal right now is really October 3rd. Mm-hmm. because October 1st is opening day a bow season in Louisiana. So I'd like to get a couple of days.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that October. it's real convenient there early. You got nothing else going on that time of year. You can just settle into being a dad with nothing else going on.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Man, time. Here's what I'll say about that. I always, I've told everybody this since the beginning. I said, it's just proof that the good Lord's got a sense of humor. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a few years ago, we, we quote unquote, tried, getting pregnant, mm-hmm. uh, and then life began to get a little more hectic again, so we, we, we put the necessary precautions in place there, um, and just, you know, it was, we were happy with whatever we had going on, right, I mean, nothing, mm-hmm. no big deal, nothing, um, let me close that email out, that, that I don't ever get anything until you're recording something, <laughs> but um, the, um, so, but my wife came to me earlier in the year, towards the end of last year and, and just, she said, you know, I'm just sick and tired of being on birth control and, and all that. And I said, well, let's just, let's stop. Like I, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and we'll let, cause the first time we were off for a little while, nothing happened. I said, you know what, we'll stop. We'll let the good Lord shake out what's supposed to happen. You know, if it, if we're, you know, if we get pregnant, we get pregnant. If we don't, um, you know, it's something neither one of us had a problem with was adoption. Like we, mm-hmm. we didn't need the biological sense of having offspring to know that we could raise kids and Mm -hmm. and be a family um and lo and behold two months later Mm uh you know we we got the we got the confirmation that uh that that we were pregnant I remember I remember so vividly she was so adamant one night late one night about going to get a pregnancy test and I was like what we're, we're talking like two days here like like what you know off of her schedule and i'm like crap you've been like two weeks before when you were all like your body just adjusting mm-hmm. to no none of those medicines and all <clears throat> and she said well i'm not gonna be able to sleep unless i get it i was like i told her i said fine go waste the money whatever <laughs> I'm, i said i ain't gonna i ain't going with you like you know so i just sat there watching whatever i was watching on tv she went to the store, got one, and she come back, and she didn't even, like, stop by me. She just went straight to the restroom, and I heard a yelp. (laughs) And I said, you don't yelp if it's negative. Uh And, you know, so we broke all the rules there, which I guess should have been, like, a hint, like, because she took it at night, late at night. You're supposed to wait till early in the morning if you're early, and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. And as soon as she I did her business on that stick. It said, boom, pregnant. I said, "Ah, man, that one's faulty. You know, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Nothing to it. And uh no, she did another one. And sure enough, as soon as it hit the stick, pregnant. And I was like, oh, boy. um, You know, because you're never, I don't uh, know. that Oh, you're oh ever, boys, as it ended up being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as it turned out, <laughs> uh, I don't know that you're ever really ready on the first ones. Cause these are, uh, these are our first, uh, first one and two. So, um, you know, you could. I'm here
0: to tell you mine are three and five and I'm still not convinced I'm ready. So it doesn't
1: really (laughs) matter
0: all that much,
1: (laughs) you know, in our case and like our house was the prototypical, uh, married couple, no kids. Right. I mean, I had my own hunting room, Mm-hmm. like we had all she had her little area we called her vibe room because she loves like old uh old style music and has a bunch of stuff on vinyl and all that so mm-hmm. now neither one of us have either of our rooms mm-hmm. and we are all we're like probably 70 percent done with a remodel uh to make this house baby friendly kid friendly mm-hmm. and uh Man, it's just it's been wild. I mean, I look at it and I know that we're we're in August now and these these guys are supposed to be here in October and I'm still trying to figure out where the time went from February till now. Like mm-hmm. cuz it just seems like it went and it just keeps you
0: know, going faster. It, it just keeps crazy. going faster. It, and it's it's one of those deals where at least for me and maybe it's just cuz my personality trends this way anyhow. Um, uh, it's either the very best thing on earth or you question every life decision that brought you to this moment and how did this happen? Uh, and they're pretty good about balancing out those best moments when you're questioning every, they, they, somehow they know, I don't know how they do it. Uh, but, uh, congratulations to, to both of you and, uh, um, I'm looking forward to to the little ones getting here because I'm not having to change those diapers. So we're we're beyond that, and I can just uh, see the cute pictures on Instagram and and call it uh, call it good from my end. But uh, congratulations for sure.
1: Yeah, man, we're we're super excited. It, uh, you know, I've told everybody we have felt every emotion under the sun, right? Like from excitement to panic to fear like you name it like we we felt it but it's getting more and more real um and we're ready I say ready you're as ready as you're gonna get you -hmm. know there's I've always said there's two things in life that everybody sucks at and it's marriage and parenting because you've never been either Mm -hmm. right you just you you have to figure out what works for you in both of those scenarios like Mm -hmm. you can read all the books you can do all the things but until it's death com five and you're you're right smack in the middle of it you don't know what you're gonna do Mm -hmm. and how you're gonna react so um you know it's I think it's vitally important that your your partner is on your team and like that's That's what I've told her, you know, October ride, hunt for a living, do all those things. And, uh, I've just basically said, you know what? 2023 is going to be my year. I'm, I'm I'm voluntarily. I ain't saying I ain't going to hunt. I can't survive. (laughs) I am saying that it will for sure be about fourth on my list of things to do this fall Um, because that, that time's coming, man. I've Mm -hmm. had, I've had a lot of life already and I got hopefully a lot of life in front of me. Um, so if I need to pause for a year to, to be the teammate that, that my wife needs me to be, then that's what I'm going to be. And it's, it's not even, everybody jokes with me like, Oh, she's doing I'm like, no, you know, I'm voluntarily doing this. I'm not, right. you're not, she's not going to force me. I was, I was a part of this decision. I was a part of what happened and I'm going to still be a part of it. So super excited on, and just trying to figure out what the fall looks like, too, man. I'm, I'm 100% committed um, to being a dad first. Uh, to, well, to being a husband first and being a dad second. And uh, whatever that looks like, however many ducks' lives are spared because of uh-huh. that, then, then y'all go back north, make a bunch of little ones, and, and I'll see you next year. See you next <laughs> year. Well, and
0: we're, we're to the point now, you know, my, my oldest turned five this year. So it was his first turkey hunt this year. He's, you know, that it from February to now. You said it's been gone by in a blink, and the next thing you know, they're going to be five years old twins, and they're going to be wanting to get out. And it's it's amazing how quick you make that pivot from where am I going, what am I doing, to where where are we going to go hunt? Yeah, can know, I uh huh? <laughs> can I get a plus two on that? And uh yeah, the that's you know, I was, I was way more excited to get Roman his first turkey this spring. And, you know, now we're August and deer season's around the corner and same thing. He wants to give deer season a try. So here at the end of September, when you season opens up, that is goal one, two, three, four, five, seven, all the way to about 12 is figure out a way to get him on a deer and, and make that happen. You know, the turkey thing, the turkey thing didn't come together, but we had, we had four Jakes, three or four Jakes right on top of us at, I mean, literally 15 feet, just right outside of the blind and he was on the gun and I mean it, it happened like we said it would and and. They kind of, I said, can you see them? Yep. I can see them. Can you see your dot? Yep. And then, you know, they're Jake's, they're buggy. They heard us whisper and they saw us move, whatever. And they kind of bugged out and they left. I said, well, what happened, buddy? He goes, well, I, I was trying to put the dot on their head, but they were moving too much and I couldn't do it. So I couldn't shoot. Well, pff, could have knocked me over with a feather. I, I've hunted with grownups that couldn't have made that decision. They'd have just, you got turkeys in your lap and hearing gobbles for the first time and and pulling the trigger maybe when they shouldn't have. And he just sat back and said, no, this this wasn't, this isn't how I wanted it to go and I'm not going to pull the trigger. And whether we filled a tag or not, I can't think of a better success story than than that for his first season. So now with that behind us, we've done it. We've sat in the blind. Now comes fall and we'll go out there and we'll try it a little bit different when deer season gets here and and go from there. So it's
1: well hearing that. Tell your son he can hunt with me anytime he wants to. <laughs> I'll let him know. Because like like what you said, most adults lose all sense of that when it's right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, I would say even when I was young, I probably, I may, I don't know what I'd have done. I may would have sprayed and prayed on my mm-hmm. first one, like trying to. There they are, and just boom, boom you know, mm-hmm. probably. You know, probably wouldn't have killed nothing, but you know, by God, I shot. You know that kind of deal. But that that's super cool to hear somebody that young to have that discipline. That is uh, a parenting, coaching, training well done on your part. So he's that, too that's
0: smart cool. for me. That's all I know. So he's he too smart. Her, he's
1: he too smart for to me. <laughs> he
0: has to. For his sake, I hope so. <laughs> So you've had that going on, which has kept you busy, but that's not the only thing that's kept you busy this summer. You've kind of been
1: bouncing all over. What have you been doing in the interim? Man, We've uh, it's been a busy, busy summer, um, which is super cool, um, you know, to kind of see the world getting back into being humans again, mm-hmm. being, being a society again, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, I've been – I did a um, – Charity fishing tournament for my buddy, Jacob Wheeler, um, something that he's decided to do the last two Fellow years.
0: Hoosier, I'll point out yeah, real, real quick, fellow Indiana
1: he a, boy. He is an Indiana boy living in the hillbilly land now. Uh-huh. Um, but he's done it two years in a row, and I, and I applaud him with their schedule too because it's hectic. But last year we did a college fishing tournament where we brought in the top 100 college teams in the in the country, and no entry fees, no nothing, just straight fishing, and we were able to give them, we were able to raise enough money to give them like $10,000 worth scholarship money, the winners, um, and then this year, because it's high school, it's kind of weird on what they can win and whatnot, we mm-hmm. were able uh, with, because we have a shared partner in Academy Sports and Outdoors, we were able to give them um, a couple of thousand dollars worth of uh, academy gift cards to help them with equipment and um, all that kind of thing. It's just with all the rules and regs, it's just kind of weird. And, and our yeah. friends, like even over at Realtree and Rapala, donated a $1,000 each day to Big Bass. So these kids, they, they got to really experience something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to see a guy that's on top of the world and what he's doing and everything he's doing to take the time to give back. Mm-hmm. uh, to these kids, which these kids, um, are our future, right? I mean, if, if we want to keep working our jobs, it takes getting this level that involved in, in the sport, uh, whether it be hunting, fishing, you know, as you know, a lot of it has a lot of crossover. So mm-hmm. most, most hunters don't just hunt, they fish and mm-hmm. most fishermen hunt a little too. Um, you know, so, cool deal to be a part of that. And then, you know, it's starting, we're, we're now crowding August. So now the, all the hunting shows are coming. I uh, just spent last weekend in little rock at the Delta waterfowl, um, national convention thing they had there. Um, and then today I'm my lovely background is not my home. It is, uh, I'm in a hotel room in Austin, Texas to, uh, do, a, a launch that Academy, is doing with their Magellan brand and Shiner beer. So staying, okay. staying stay super Texas and like a cool, cool Magellan Shiner uh, clothing concept. And they got a bunch of different stuff coming this fall. Um, that that is really something cool. I mean, I anytime you get to play with these other brands outside of our mm-hmm. spectrum, it's really kind of neat. So um, gonna get to hang out with the guys from Shiner tonight and that whole crew and see what they're doing. They're kind of a you know, an American made American dream story from a, a a small home brew to now, Mm -hmm. if you go to restaurants and look at a menu, you've probably seen some form of shiner on a menu. And, uh, so yeah, it's just, it's cool, man. Celebrating all things, America next weekend, I'll be at game fair, uh, up in Minnesota. Um, And then home for just a couple of not long before I'm in Wyoming chasing whitetails. So that'll be, that's the only hunt I kept on my schedule was that Mm -hmm. one out in 7J in Wyoming. Uh, So because man, it's become like a ritual now. This will be, I think my 10th year out there. Um, So it's kind of like my college football kickoff, you know, like that, that it used to be dove season was the kickoff to hunting season. But now, for me, since Realtree started that about ten years ago, um, that is now like green flag. Let's go racing, boys! Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, looking forward to it, man. Very, you know, we're all very blessed uh, to get to do what we do for a living. Um, you know, I caution a lot of people that are sitting there saying, "Man, I'd kill to do this and that, do that." Just, just trust me when I tell you, this is work. it Uh it looks really really fun Mm -hmm. but when you have to wake up and go honey you don't get to make the choice you are forced to go do it it is a job and uh, at the end of the day don't forget it's a great job i am not complaining but don't don't ever think that we ain't sitting in hotel rooms waiting to do the next thing you know when y'all got off at five o'clock this afternoon I'll be out till 10 or 11 tonight with this product launch and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff And on an airplane at 6 a.m tomorrow morning to get back to West Monroe to go work my day job at Duck Commander you mm-hmm. know so like it's just you know I it's, caution caution it's, all those, you know it's come
0: up on the podcast, you know, and and partially it's because of you know who's on and and partially because that's been something that I've said, you know, for as long as I've been in the industry, which I'm not gonna put a date on because it'll just make me feel old. But yes, my to-do list is is way cooler than a lot of other to-do lists. But it, yeah, it's it's work. I work in marketing in the shooting sports industry. And you ask most people what they think that means, well shoot from August to December, you're just hunting with y- all your friends, right? And I mean, we've had the conversation The number of times you've tried to get me down to Louisiana to, to shoot some birds. And it's like, well, I'd love to, but I got catalogs to finish and trade show booths to finish. And it just, all that, that busy time of year is that time of year that we'd like to be in the field. And and every so often you're able to pull something together and, and make it happen. And you know it's it's great to be able to pick up the phone and have a conversation with folks like you or um, you know I've I've run into we talked about Jacob Wheeler a little bit ago and I you know doing some freelance stuff run into him at the Indiana Deer and Turkey Expo right after he won the classic and yes that is super cool but it's still work it just yeah. it always is and I'll I've said it before and I'll say it again anybody that tells you find a job you love doing and you'll never work a day in your life is a liar it's still work it might be it's better than digging ditches don't get me wrong but if if you don't treat it like work and you don't approach it like work you won't you won't be doing it very long because there's somebody else out there that's that's going to hustle and and work at it harder than than you are so I don't discourage anybody from getting into it but you know come into it with realistic expectations too because it is 100
1: percent work And what I will say though, the good thing about digging ditches, because I've done that too, is when you clock out, you're off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you do what we do, this guy, he don't ever stop. Nope, that phone is always going. We are we are so fortunate we can work from anywhere, which Mm -hmm. also means you work 24 hours a day. Sometimes I mean, like you know, well that's that's,
0: you know I. I worked I, I worked for an optics company and at the end of my run with that optics company, the two things I wanted to do more than anything else was waterfowl hunt and fish. <laughs> because you didn't because you didn't really need optics for either one of those things. <laughs> but I didn't feel like I could go sit in a tree stand, especially and social media has made this so much worse because you can't just go and sit and hunt. You need to be taking a lifestyle photo. You need to end up with a hero shot. You need to get a product video done. You should be doing a how-to and you're sitting there doing something like you're in the position that you're in because you love and are so passionate about what you do. But then because there's no, you're not able to get that distance from it. It it gets really hard. and, And I mean, you know, you've been around, how many people have you seen come into the industry and they do great things, but then they turn around, they flame out, they burn out because, because the nature of where we're at right now with how we promote things and social media and all of that, it is me personally, it is the thing that I absolute struggle with the most, you know, and, and, you know, I being working from home, you know, it's great because wife and kids are right here, but so is the computer. And there's a lot of days where, you know, it gets to four 30 or five o'clock and I I have to force myself to walk away. And at seven after supper, I have to force myself to not come back down here. And, and it's, it's a balancing act and it's, it's not just our industry and it's, it's something that especially, you know, coming out of COVID and getting back to normal society and so many people working from home that, that haven't in the past are kind of dealing with that too. Even if it's not in an industry that, you know, just, you know, selling dental equipment or whatever the case may be, it's it's still, it's putting strains on some, some parts of our lives where we didn't necessarily have those before. And, and then when you factor in the complication of, you know, working, working in an industry that you are so passionate about, then your free time and what your release is supposed to be ends up becoming something else that feels like is a to-do list. Sometimes it's, it's tough. It's something I've struggled with, you know, here and there and, and on again and off again for, for a long time.
1: Yeah. I, I make it even in what we do. I make it a priority like on the weekends during hunting season, no cameras mm-hmm. other than opening days, no cameras, no cell phones. Let's just go hunt. Mm-hmm. Let's go have fun. Let's remember why we do this. Mm-hmm. And then I treat it a lot of times like a job Monday through Friday. I'm going to have my phone. I'm going to have my cameras. We're going to knock out all the stuff we need to knock out. But on Mondays and, or on Saturdays and Sundays, we're going to, we're just gonna go hunt. We're gonna have fun. And if that means we sleep in at the camp and we wake up and go out at eight o'clock, that's then that's what we do. Like right. and I I it took me a while to get to that point. And and I was the same way on almost fizzling out in this deal because when I started, it was 60 days. Duck season is 60 days. By God, I had to do all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I had to, right? I mean, I just it's the 60 days I work, I do it for a living, I gotta do it. No, no. I, I was like, I, I was getting to the point where I was like, I hate this crap. Like, mm-hmm. why I don't care. Chicken is good. Like, <laughs> you know? like I I just got to a point and then I said, you know what? Next year I'm changing. And and ever since I made the change of I hunt on good days, I hunt on when the conditions tell me to hunt, mm-hmm. uh, I hunt and if i'm if i'm forced to go on a not so good day because we have people or clients or whatever and partners yeah, that's fine but you know now my duck season looks more like 45 to 50 days out of 60 mm-hmm. and even just those 10 days make a world of difference. And, difference but that is something i think everybody regardless of your occupation you have to remember to set boundaries keep things in perspective um, and, and just make sure that you do things to make sure that you don't fizzle out on, on whatever it is, whether it's, you know, molding plastic or making duck calls or, you know, whatever plumbing. I mean, just make sure that you stay on top of your game because what you do is you get sloppy too. Mm-hmm. Like when you get burnt out, you get sloppy. You start making mistakes. It doesn't matter what that, that craft is. So, I think that's why you see people. well, like you said, there's some that just can't get their priorities in line and they forget about family and forget about this. And then, then your personal life goes into the, the dumpster. And then when that happens, so does your professional life. And yep. so it's just, a, you know, you just have to be mindful. The cool thing about us is we're surrounded by a group of guys um, that, that are willing to grab you by the shirt collar and, and tell you that. Hey, mm-hmm. boom, boom, get your act together. Yep. And that's invaluable. Uh, the, if I had to give anybody in the world that advice, is to find mm-hmm. those people that will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the world's full of people that will tell you yes. Find the people that will tell you no, mm-hmm.
0: uh, and,
1: and keep them close. You know. So, but yeah, yeah, if you do all those things, you can thrive in this business or in any other business for that matter. But you just kind of have to. You, you but you have to figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know, I'm, I'm happy to help glean information anywhere I can for people uh, on, on mistakes that I've made and hope that they don't make them too. Uh, but a lot of times it takes touching that hot stove and getting that blister on your finger for you before it really hits home. Oh yeah, that, that's a bad deal. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I put i put my hand straight on that stove many a time. <laughs> yeah, big calluses on those hands
0: here too. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So like you said, we are at August and duck season is way closer than I think most people are thinking about, waterfowl season in general. And you know, it's I'm I'm one of these people. You know, I I wasn't the hunting that we did growing up was not waterfowl hunting just wasn't and I think a lot of folks look at um, waterfowl hunting I think upland kind of falls into this category as well as like fly fishing where if if you weren't raised around it or have that kind of mentor network to kind of show you how to go about it it's a little more nuanced than going and sitting in the woods and shooting a deer there's a lot more going on um, and you know, a lot of people ask. You know, for for the for the beginner, the guy that's just getting started and isn't isn't really sure what to do in waterfowl. What what can he do? But I want to ask it a little bit different, um, because I I know a lot of guys that'll go, they'll set up decoys in the field, or they'll you know march into the swamp and they might shoot a few ducks. But the guys that that for the most part know what they're doing. You know, you can you can read all the how to get started. Once you've got that stuff down, what's separating those guys that know what they're doing from being the top one or 3% waterfowl hunter out there? What, what, are, what are those fine-tuning changes that somebody, that if they really want to get serious about it, really want to get good at it, where, where are those gaps that people, people need to fill in?
1: Um, well, I think, <clears throat> to me, what I feel like took my hunting to the next level on ducks and and really figuring them out um which is it's kind of a weird saying on figuring ducks out one of the major problems with ducks is they're migratory mm-hmm. so unlike deer or turkeys or I can't feed them and keep them and give them a place to I mean I can but ultimately they're driven by two things just like anything else and and that's we got to eat and we got to reproduce and the weather plays a huge factor with them on being able to do both of those things. So, you know, it's just, you, you kind of have to start looking at duck behavior to me as a year round trend to figure out, to become that next level. What do I mean by year round? What specifically does their diet call for? What's coming, what's coming next for these ducks? Forget about the 60 days. What's in front of them. So like early season, the early migrators, whatever, they stay together, big family groups. That's when you see all the TV stuff that you've seen through the years of big wads of three, four hundred ducks doing their thing. That's all big family groups that have gotten together and said, we're going to migrate together. Um, their safety in numbers, we're gone. And as but as that year goes on, those ducks get broken up, they get killed, they whatever, and they start. But then eventually the reproduction part starts taking over. So, what do those ducks need physically to survive? Them? What are they looking for? And when you know the things that they're looking for, when their diet changes from grain to bugs, or from bugs to grain, or or whatever is the next step of their life, then you can go to the same places every day and set up your decoys and you can be fantastic on a duck call but if you don't understand what that duck is doing for the next stage of his life you're in trouble Mm -hmm. because those things move them more um, because it's an act of survival like it's not you know give us a candy bar right and we're going to eat that candy bar but we're not going to get anything out of it but what, what gets me to tomorrow? Well, what gets me to tomorrow is probably some form of protein or, you know, something to fuel my body, to energize my body where that candy bar is nothing. So it's just really understanding the animal. And what that does for you a lot of times is it will, it makes you, it limits your time in the field. One, You don't have to spend near as much time in the field. So you get to spend some time at home. So that That to me, like the ultimate hunter is the one that can balance all of those things Mm -hmm. and still and be successful, not only as a duck hunter, waterfowl hunter, but as a husband, as a dad, as a business guy, can you manage because if given the choice right any of us could go duck hunt for 60 days and we can make piles of ducks and seem relatively successful. Mm-hmm. But how do you stack all of those together to become the most successful human? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I, I tell everybody this, we get pictures all the time. they decide. can you, I don't know if you can hear that vacuum outside my door. <laughs> nope. But, it's good. Um, but I tell people this all the time. We get lots of requests just like you guys do. You know, I, we blow duck commander. We won't be pro staff, all that. And and all their pictures are are of them with piles of ducks. Well, that doesn't impress me. Uh, that just doesn't impress me because right. anybody can go kill a pile of ducks. What, what did I'm more impressed to know what you did to do that? Like how? Tell me how you did it. I don't care that you did it. Shooting a duck is easy. That that's not hard it's practice and if you work them down in their right you get them really close they get really hard to miss everybody thinks we're great shots no we just we get them really close to us that's the difference we take the time to get them really close to us and it, it makes you seem like a great shot but what did you do did you understand that duck's biology did you you know, did you change something on your land if you're hunting private land? Did you go to a different regime on your grasses and your sedges and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Did you did you do all these or did you just go pay an outfitter five hundred dollars to sit in a blind and kill a bunch of ducks because they've done all the work for you? If that's what you did, congratulations. I, I would my hats off to you that, you know, back to your beginner question. Like, that's the number one thing I tell people. If you're new to it, save your money go buy a day with somebody go buy a day with a professional figure out if you like this because it is expensive and the learning curve is steep Mm -hmm. like it's not like you said it's not deer you can't just go sit out there but the guy that understands that full circle duck and can manage that efficiently and effectively with his time away from there and and time away from home and all that to me becomes that next level hunter. Um, You see guys do it all the time um, that like, I'll throw an example out there, Tony Vandemore. If you duck hunt, you've heard of him, Habitat Flats. Tony took a dream and a check and has built a waterfowl Mecca. That doesn't have, I mean, you can be in the right location but if you don't put in the work to do what he does, then you're not gonna get the returns. So, you know, the man is nonstop working on duck food. And we talk a lot about moist soil management because we're both nerds. We're both super big habitat nerds. Um, And to me, like uh, you go through these stages as a hunter where, you know, the kill is all that matters. And then it's Mm -hmm. the this and the that. And you eventually get to the point where I'm at now Uh, And where Tony is, is the hunt and the kill and all that still fun? Yes, it is. But the fun part is the other 305 days of the year where where you're manipulating things and you're controlling things and you're making it better for the animals. And we're not just making it better for the ducks. We're making it better for the deer, quail, cardinals, mice, like you name it. Everything benefits from our management practices. And, And that is when you really like, to me, transcended what hunting is about. Um, If you're, if you're just satisfied with a take, take, take mindset from the resource, then you're, you're a killer. You're not a hunter. And to me, there is a very big difference between the two Um, and our job. And what we do is to raise more hunters is to educate more hunters. Anybody can kill. Go get a gun, go get some bullets, you got a target, acquire target, boom, it's over. But how do you get to that next full circle mindset? And if if we do that in our jobs, then a lot of times we have long-lasting careers uh, in our jobs. If we're just straight killers and take from the resource, you may be popular for two or three years, and then nobody hears about you anymore. Mm-hmm. Because what have you done? And and that to me. Is but really just getting a basic understanding of a duck, his survival needs, the nuances on um, of the area that you're hunting that lets you know to go here instead of here, even though everybody else is saying here. You know, it's a and a, and one big thing is something that I tell everybody when they ask me how can I be better is to keep a logbook, write down. History is the greatest teacher we got. Um, Keep that logbook, write down these things. It'll knock out your time in the field as well. Like, I got places back home. I still hunt public a lot. It's a very big misconception that we hunt the best private holes in the world. And we hunt a lot of them. I'm not going to lie. But I still, when I have my druthers and on those Saturdays and Sundays where there's no camera, I'm still sleeping on public ground because that's where I grew up doing it. Like and. And that's what makes me; it rejuvenates me to get to keep going. And but I can go back and look at logbooks from two thousand five, two thousand six, um, and I can look at river stages and weather patterns, and I can find the years like I have them separated into like drought years, flood years. Mm-hmm. And I can go, whatever year is being dealt to me, I can go look and I can look at river levels and all that kind of stuff. And I can go have a reasonably successful hunt without ever putting feet on the ground. Because I know a duck is a duck. He's a creature of habit. doesn't matter how many generations removed he is. He's going to tend to do the same thing. Just like we are Mm -hmm. like, I tell everybody, if somebody was hunting me, I'd have been dead long ago. I take the <laughs> same path to work every day. I take the same path home from work every day. Mm-hmm. I eat at one of five places if I'm eating out. Uh, you know, so like I mean, I I'd have I'd have been bleeding out both sides a long time ago. Long time ago. You know, so in and, and animals, all things in nature are creatures of habit. We all are, whether humans like to believe it or not, you're a creature of habit. Mm -hmm. And, and so are these ducks and year after year. So if you'll do those things, you can really be super successful without spending a ton of money in gas and equipment. Um, most of the places I public hunt, I walk in, I, I, I know, I know how to get around and I know, but that's come from time. You know, that's come from Mm -hmm. walking lots of miles and chest waders. Um, And so, just go into that next step of not just showing up with a pocket full of shells and a shotgun is what'll take that guy to the next level. Because you can call, you can look. I'm good on a duck call, but I'm probably not like even in the top ten percent of duck callers in the world. Like, there's a lot of people that can that can blow a duck call way better than me, and I kill more ducks than them just simply because I know what I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I know how to navigate those circumstances where they don't, they're going to go to their favorite hole and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, And where I'm chasing flood waters or receding waters. And, you know, I just, I, I understand what these ducks are doing. The I, best I duck love...
0: caller where there are no ducks is still going to call in exactly zero ducks.
1: Yeah. And according oh. <laughs> to the, according to the industry, the best duck caller in the world don't sound nothing like a mallard duck. Well, and that no. it,
0: it came up during it always comes up during turkey season, too, is some of the some of the turkeys and it's the same with ducks. I've heard sounds in the woods that if if I sat in a blind with somebody and made that noise, they'd reach over and they just push my hand down and say, you're done now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: But, you know, half the ducks in the world aren't in the top 10 percent of duck callers in the world. And they're ducks.
1: That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh, that's people ask me all the time. They're like, "Is it okay if I blow?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, blow your duck call. I don't care." And then I, but I always tell them one thing. I said, "Do you have the cadence? You can literally sound like anything. You just have to have their timing is all you need. That little timing. I don't care what the sound it because if you go listen to wild ducks on the water, it's the same deal. You're like. Ugh, mm-hmm. Like what was she thinking? Like, and heaven forbid a gadwall hen or a shoveler hen <laughs> sound off like. Nyak, 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 and you're like but, but they have that cadence, so as long as you have the right, bang, 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 you're good. Don't matter what the rest of it sounds like. So, yeah, if it, I, I tell you know, if ducks, same way with deer, turkeys were half as smart as we gave them credit for being, we wouldn't see them, let alone mm-hmm. kill them. So That's- you know.
0: Yeah, if, if turkeys came in
1: perspective, you if know turkeys
0: could smell. We'd never see them. That's oh, that's always the line I always got.
1: I'm convinced that turkeys that dumb stupid. He seems smart. Uh-huh. It's, it's just, just I about think the it, size of it. I think it's whatever side of his head that rock rolls to determines what he's going to do. I think it's like look. I think it's like one of them things you have on your desk. It's got them five balls.
0: Uh-huh. You just bounce back and, and forth. Here.
1: Yeah, the ones on. I think that's what's going on up here because there ain't Literally. no way he's that smart
0: <laughs> so one
1: thing that that i know you do
0: and it's it's part of the reason we're having the conversation today and it's something that's super unconventional i don't think ducks typically come to mind when people think about trail cameras um, but you, I think, I think a lot of our answer has probably just been given in what we were just talking about in terms of understanding what that duck is doing in their life cycle. But I know you use trail cameras to help educate your, a lot of the decisions you're making, not necessarily for duck hunting, but for duck management. So from that standpoint, what you know, if, as we talk about somebody wanting to make that next level jump in, in how they are hunting ducks and managing habitat for ducks, how does a trail camera that is not traditionally thought of as a piece of duck hunting equipment, how does that factor into that equation?
1: Well, what trail cameras do, and, and they, they, to me, especially play a vital part now to duck hunting in the South, especially uh, with our changing weather patterns, changing, uh, landscape across the deal, um, is it allows you to scout without putting pressure on these ducks. Um, a lot of times in North Louisiana where we are, we get a pretty big push of ducks the 1st of November, give or take three or four days on either side of that. Um, And a lot of times though, that is our main push of ducks for the year. Like whatever we have that decides to call that area home is what we will have till February, Uh, provided no major weather systems, which, you know, we haven't had a major weather system in five years, probably uh, during season, Mm -hmm. we've had some after season, but that doesn't, that's neither here nor there. So what it does is I can keep an eye on a place Without these ducks having to see a human, without them having to hear a motor, without them, you know, with just no disturbance. I mean, other than whatever hawk, owl, fox, coyote, whatever would normally be there. So what does that do for you, though, is is it, it one, it's actually a way of giving back to the resource. So every way that you can not disturb these ducks, you're better off. Because when a duck has to exert energy, so if you go in there and you flush a duck, he has all of a sudden exerted energy that he would not normally exert on that day. So what happens is then now he's opening himself up again to predation. Uh, He's in the air, hawk, owl, eagle, you name it. Uh, He has to go to a field to hunt, to eat or something like that. Chance he's going to run into a man with a shotgun. Uh, So it's really a way to me to help you save, you save money, you save time, and it helps the ducks by giving them more rest, more breaks, um, just letting them be a duck. And what that does when you do that, if you, if you have everything set right and all these things, um, you can slide in, get whatever ducks you feel happy to get. Um, You know, for us that changes. I, I rarely ever, kill six per man per day. I don't see any sense in it. Um, We're not eating to survive, or we're not hunting to survive. We're hunting because we enjoy it. We're hunting because we love it. And if what we eat is a great side effect of what we get to do. Um, And we're ultimately helping the ducks. So, um, you know, we slide in, do that, get in get out real quick and then let the ducks have it again. So the whole time in the back of our mindset, are we hunting ducks? Are we killing ducks? Yes. But the duck is the number one focus of what we're doing. Um, -hmm. and it's not for our success or our video or whatever, you know, we take, I, I say it like that. We tax them a little bit for pouring so much money and so much work and effort into the ground. We tax it for a little bit, but knowing that our take is much smaller than what we're giving. Um, and, and that's a, uh, that's just the way we've decided to do it. Um, you know, but like I said, there was a time in my life when that was not the way that we decided mm-hmm. it was by God, we're going to stay till dark till we get six mm-hmm. per man, you know, and man, my life is so much better. Have, if I'd have known then what I know now, <laughs> right? my life is so much better. Not, not having that mentality and that stress of did we get them or did we not, um, you know, but that that's how we use trail cameras. And the cool thing is, is it'll show you, like I have like four that I leave pretty much in the same spots all year. And you see those shifts of, I'll have one in like a in one of my places that I call grass, but it's moist soil. So it's top and uh, barnyard and all that kind of stuff. And to see the timing, like to know that when it warms up, that's where the ducks go. I didn't know that until I had these. Mm-hmm. Like I would always be like, why are they not in our trees anymore? Why are they not in here eating acorns? Why are they not in the rice fields? Where are mm-hmm. they going? And then that started cluing me in, and I just started wondering, like, why do they do that on a warm up? Well, on a warm up, they go eat bugs because they need calcium. Calcium for what? For making eggs. Um, and you know, so it's just, and those bugs are like little pure little shots of calcium for them. Their little exoskeletons are just pure calcium. Straight to their reserves, um, and it also helps in their molting feathers and and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, that's the super nerdy way of uh, of getting in there and diving in. It's less about I makes mean, you don't care like when a duck's coming there, like you know, like on a deer, like you're really like trying to get dialed in. When's he doing this? When's he, when's the rut and all that kind of stuff? With a duck, you're more so just checking habitat usage um, and seeing what's there because you're gonna. I mean, I'm. I'm going to go see the sunrise even if I know they ain't coming in there till nine right. o'clock. My God, I'm watching that sun come up,
0: right. um,
1: you know, and, and that kind of deal. So it's really just a way to just watch your habitat, watch the transformations that happen, and it's cool because you can see migration shifts in there too. You can see like, oh my goodness, we just got a bunch of gadwalls. What what are they doing? You know, or they ain't been there, and that kind of deal. So it it just and it lets you keep an eye on population numbers too, because mm-hmm. those ducks are pretty good at avoiding us. They're they're as good at patterning us as they as we are patterning them. Right. <laughs> that right now. So um, yeah, it's a cool deal
0: it's awesome insight for, especially, you know, like I said, it's, it's, I've, I've done some waterfowl by no means. I'm uh, in the pantheon of things that I'm terrible at. Waterfowl hunting is, is way up there. Um, So it's always cool to get anytime you talk to somebody that knows what they know. And it's just, it's fun to talk to experts. So that's, that's great insight I appreciate it. Um, One other thing because the audience would probably be, a little upset if i didn't ask about it of course you're full time you know you just get paid to hunt right that's what you get paid to do for a living right is just hunt yeah that's i it. see that's it. <laughs> the the full time the full actual day job is what exactly with duck commander for those that that maybe aren't quite as familiar with what really pays bills
1: so my job at duck commander is the general manager And when somebody asks me what that means, I always tell them, what's the fancy name for bill collector. (laughs) That's, that's what, that's what my job is now. Now, with that being said, um, I've done pretty much every job at Duck Commander in my 13, almost 13 years of being there. I've, um, I've worked, and I still work really closely, uh, in sales, um, and marketing obviously, um, because there is duck hunting's a weird deal where like and we tried it to to know this to be true, you you have to almost have a duck hunter running the show mm-hmm. because the waterfowl community is so nuanced mm-hmm. that if you bring somebody in from outside that's like, oh no, you plug and play this, this, and this, and it'll work. Not not mm-hmm. with this bunch of paranoid schizophrenics. <laughs> not, uh, uh, no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. It just isn't it. So you have to like stay, you have to be able to keep your thumb on top of that really. Um, but, you know, for the rest of our crew, uh, you know, Godwin is still in their everyday building duck calls uh, along with a guy named Jay Stone. Um, and, you know, the, and my job is to sell them and work with our warehouse uh, guys. Uh, and we're not very big. I mean, I've got like 20, 21 or 22 employees under me, we're not, the show made us look like mm-hmm. they took that term multi-million to, they used a lot of creative liberty with what multi-million meant. Uh-huh. Multi-million before the show started meant, yeah, we were really like a two and a half, three million dollar company. that That is greater than one. So I guess it is multi. It is multi. But but when you hear multi, you think of 20, 25, 30, yeah. or you know, even a hundred. Um, and so that we are a seasonal business, uh, very much so that depends on a really tight budget, um, to make everything work right where we all still get paid. And like when I started at Duck Commander, um, there were times that they would ask me to hold my check till Tuesday, mm-hmm. like, Hey man, we're, we're supposed to get paid from Walmart on Tuesday or Monday. We'll get the check in the bank. and you not cash this till then? Yeah, man. Cool, you know, but it was it was fine. It was a sacrifice you made for uh, an opportunity that um, that you really wanted to chase after. Um, and but yeah, that's my my day to day in a nutshell is to make sure that all of our stuff is is taken care of. It, it all falls on me. I, I'm the kind of leader where I don't let stuff fall on my my troops. It, it starts here. It, mm-hmm. It's going to fall on me before it falls to them. I may have to go talk to them, but it, at the end of the day, the Robertsons know if there's something that is missed or there's a problem or anything like that, it, it's me. I, should have, I could have done better. I should have done better. And I'm willing to wear that for the guys and gals that work for me um, because I, I, I believe, in my mind, that's what a leader really is. Uh, it's not a guy who sits in the, you know, biggest office, which isn't big. Uh, much smaller than this hotel room um and uh, but it you know it's it's a guy that'll get there and battle with them um like during our black friday and cyber monday and all those sales mm-hmm. um i'm down there packaging boxes I, i'm i'm stuffing orders i'm i'm right there with those guys no, letting them know like i'm with you like here let's do this like if we bring three extra hands, you know. If the toilet stops up, like, give me the mop bucket, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll let's stop the problem, and then we'll figure out who to call to fix it. And, yeah. and you know, I think my folks really enjoy working with me um, and working under me because of that mindset. And it's something I pride myself in. It's something that I, I was taught from watching Willie do it. Uh, when I first started there it was he was a very active leader uh, as far as getting in the trenches with the employees and I took note of that and it's something that I saw my parents do in their respective careers too of getting in there in the trenches with their employees where really you want to feel more like a co-worker uh, mm-hmm. than, than a b- boss yeah. uh, per se um, but also to know that you you know they just like in football, when your coach would get ejected or, or baseball or something, for the, when they get ejected out of the game for defending you, it made you feel good, and, and I'm that guy. Like, I will I will defend you to the bottom, you know, or, and, and we'll, we'll go with it. And so – but that's uh, – yeah, day-to-day is nine-to-five-esque, uh, you know, like I said with a <laughs> On cell phone. good days. Yeah, with a cell phone that the company pays for, that you're technically never off the clock. Um, right. And, um, you know, but that's what we do, make sure our, our, our products are built, packaged, delivered, um, had the meetings with all the same people that you guys do just in different categories, the Bassbro Cabela's, the academies, the fleet farms, um, the Amazons, the tractor supplies, the you name it, you know, we, we have to do all that, do the presentations Um, And we all do it all in-house. We don't sub anything out. Um, I got a couple of guys that work for me on video production uh, and photography. Um, Keep them busy pretty well year round, too. And, uh, yeah, we're just a pretty small, tight knit team that that nobody I have not heard anybody ever at Duck Commander say that ain't my job because I'm pretty sure if you would, you wouldn't be there very long. We, we, we pick the ball up and go. Like yeah. if the ball ends up on the ground, we pick it up and run. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's just the way we are. And, you know, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily fit corporate America style, but we don't really care about that either. So
0: <laughs> now it's, you know, both my, both my parents own their own business. Um, it's, it's something that uh, you know, I've been in situations where I've worked for with people where they say that's that's not my job. And, and for me, that's that right there is the single biggest red flag that I know that I'm not in the right the right place that I need to be because it's yeah. not how I am. You know, I've I'm 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 going to a try to understand everybody else's job better to help me do mine anyway. But then B, if I can if I can help, I just I don't know how to approach something and not not feel like it's mine anyway. You know, if I work at spy Point, if I work, you know wherever I may be, you know, I've raised in a house with two folks that own their own business. so I don't know how to not approach it like well, it's my company. you know yeah. I, may, I may just be an employee, but I don't know how to not approach it like it's my company. And I think if we if we're honest and look back at the places where we've we've worked where we enjoyed where we didn't, it's amazing how often it just comes back to that. It seems so small, but it's so big of, is everybody pulling the same rope? Is everybody pulling the same rope, the same direction? And is everybody else willing to do whatever it is it needs done to make sure that something gets done as opposed to sitting back and letting another team fail because, well, that's not my job or that's not my team. That's just, that's poisonous. There isn't, there isn't anything good that's going to come from a situation like that. So could not possibly agree more
1: well at the end of the day too you know when you're talking about running it like your own business and 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 all that when when you wear that badge and you're in you're associated with it regardless Mm -hmm. so if if that one area has got a weakness the the person is going to associate you with that weakness whether it was your department or not so why not help pick up that weakness if you can like if you're going to be If you're guilty by association, anyway, you might as well take some ownership. Right. So, No,
0: no doubt. Well, we're we've we've rambled on for a while. We said we're right up against it. Fall's going to be here before we know it. We already touched on it. You obviously you got a, a trip to Wyoming coming up and you got those babies coming. So it's going to be a little bit different, but what's, uh, what's plans for fall. And then also, you know, if people want to aren't already following and want to follow along with what you got going on. Where can they do that at?
1: Uh, well, my hardcore plans for fall right now are first September. Let's go, let's go chase some white tails out in Wyoming where the, the air is thin and the humidity is non-existent, um, you know? So I, I, I struggle. I don't know how them people live up there with that lack of oxygen, but you know, for five days at a time, it's not too mm-hmm. bad. And then I'm coming home and going on what I call voluntary restriction. Um, I, I've told my wife I will stay within a very short drive of the house at all times this fall. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna go places but I'm not going far. Um, You know, uh, you were, you alluded to it earlier. I mean, you got to think early teal season opens September the 10th and we're, what are we, we're August the 2nd or whatever, when we're recording this. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about six weeks and there's duck season. There's duck season and then they just kind of snowball after that. And then we'll open, that'll be two weeks. And then I'll hang out really, really close to home because that's really getting down to, in theory, the baby time. Uh, and then we'll open the weekend before Thanksgiving at the house, uh, run for two weeks, close for two weeks, and then we'll open and go all the way to the end of January. Um, so I would, I mean, I, we've already kind of had a handshake agreement on uh, if I could get two days a week to hunt and do my job you know not outside of my normal job I'm still gonna right. have to run duck Commander. I don't get to just I don't right. get to just throw that away because I got two kids right um you know so outside of just normal things if I could have like two fun days a week or so to kind of do my YouTube stuff that's a little bit outside the scope of Duck Commander's YouTube stuff um then you know and she she agreed to that and but I'm not going to sit there and mark on a calendar. I didn't get my two days this week. You know, right. some days right. it may be one day, some weeks it may be zero, some it may be four. Um, we're going to let, we're going to let the kids and our, our parenting journey, uh, determine that. Um, and we're not going to hold anybody, uh, liable for what we feel like are wrongs. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me this first the first two months, I said, just remember you love each other when you don't like each other very much. So, <laughs> Um, you know, so I know those days are coming, but that that's kind of my schedule. Just stay super low-key, um around the house, um, you know, and keep doing the podcast stuff that we're doing on the duck call room and um just kind of take care of the home team, kind of batting down the hatches, you know, protect you and yours first, and then you know, 2023 will be here before you know it, and then it'll be 2024 and and life will have Change,
0: it
1: right I only on Yeah, it'll, you know, and you'll, you'll look back, you know, in 20 years and you won't even remember about this season or whatever you mm-hmm. did or didn't do. And, um, you know, I'm just here for it all and, and super thankful to be able to work with guys like y'all um, that do, in fact, make my life easier, that allow me to be more present as a husband and soon to be father where I'm not out there really. You know, you still have to take care of your equipment and do those things and all those things, but but it makes it much easier when I can go. Ooh, look at there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and that kind of deal. And so, uh, super thankful for that partnership uh, for sure. And just looking forward to to what life has next, man. I, I just <clears throat> play play what's in front of you. You can make the best laid plans you want to, and uh, life has a way of saying not so fast. So, uh, you know, that's what we're looking forward to for sure. Well, again, congratulations. Keep us posted.
0: Looking forward to seeing them babies when they get here and, uh, good luck this fall. I'm sure we'll talk, but, uh, in the meantime, everybody thanks for listening to the spy point podcast again, rate, review, subscribe, wherever it is that you're consuming it. So that help other people find, uh, find the content. And of course, go find, Go find Justin, go find Duck Commander and see all the cool stuff they got going on. Appreciate you hopping on today, sir. Thanks so much.
1: See you, buddy.